Welcome to Entrepreneur Decoded, the show where you'll find real conversations with today's most successful entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from unforgettable personal stories to exact strategies they use on a daily basis. Here's your host, Simon Sander. Let's get into the show. My name is Simon Sander. And before we get started, I want to just give a quick shout out to our sponsor, OscarHamilton.com. They produce and edit our podcast, OscarHamilton.com. And now let's not waste any more time and let's get on with the show. Today's featured guest is Adam Hargenrother. Welcome, man. Hey, thank you very much for having me on. I'm excited and uh, privileged to be here. Adam is a serial entrepreneur and an empire builder. He built Hagenrother Enterprises to a 500 million organization in less than 10 years. Today, he travels the world transforming people's lives and teaching them what he has learned throughout the years. One, uh, one fact that I found out, Adam is currently training for the Ironman as well. So, Adam, tell us a bit more about yourself and uh, fill in any blanks. Yeah, well, well, thanks. Somebody, uh, I have to obviously pay somebody for that wonderful introduction. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I was just like everybody else was. I, uh, interestingly enough, when I was, um, you know, growing up, I was about a uh, hundred and five pounds overweight, and I, uh, I literally grew up embarrassed and, and insecure. And there's a there was a moment in my life when I was a freshman in high school. And I came home one day, Simon, and I literally decided in that moment that I was no longer going to accept the life of somebody else. I was no longer going to allow somebody else to control or dictate who I became or what it is that I wanted to do. And I was no longer allow obstacles in my life. So I set out that that day. I actually stayed up all night crying. I, I, and, and I decided that I was going to change my friends. You know, at the time I was in the drugs, I was failing classes, you know, I was your typical model student, right? You just wanted people to hang out with it. And, uh, it, you know, over the next year I lost over hundred pounds. I, uh, ended up uh, changing around my grades and A's and B's and becoming captain of my football team. And I bring that up because people look and say, wow, you've, you've accomplished a lot in 10 years. And I say, well, if you think that it's 10 years, but I actually have been working on my personal development, who I needed to become since I was 15. So in fact, I've been working on this for 20 years. And so it's not, it's not as, um, as cut and dry as, as just being in business and being a business owner and entrepreneur is about taking risks. It's about uh, understanding that there are obstacles every single day and they're actually our greatest gifts that we have and using that for inspiration to be able to go out there and inspire other people, but also just to go out there and change industries. And so we've been really, I've been focused on that um, all my life. And, and ever since then, we just, how can we grow other people around us and, and make an impact on their lives? That's pretty crazy. A lot of uh, 15 year olds, including me, uh, we were playing video games and just uh, kind of messing around and uh, you just decided to change everything overnight. Uh, tell me, did you actually change uh, everything about yourself the same day? I mean, the next next mornings uh, or, or how much did you actually change? Did you cut your friends out? Yeah. Well, it's yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, I changed everything and it wasn't it, look, it was the moment that changed everything, but it was an accumulation of years of you, right? We've, we've probably heard that thousands of times. It was accumulation and mine just happened to be a physical change at the time. But a lot of people do this in their jobs. They're sick of their job. They're sick of their partners. And finally they, they, in, a, in an instant, they decide no more. It's like your back's up against the wall and you're just going to find a way to get it done. You don't know how it's going to be or what it's going to be or how it's going to look or where you're going to end up. But there's one thing that you do know is you're no longer going to accept where you are. 
And that's what was going through me at the time. So I literally changed – funny story, Simon. When I actually changed my friends, the people that I was hanging – I said friends or like acquaintance. People I was hanging out with, three weeks later, they stole everything out of my car. Literally stole – they broke my windows. They stole – it was like they're – I know. So here I am like in this flux in high school, not really having a group of friends. Everyone just stole everything. I'm still trying to lose weight. And then – but it was a great example of – of allowing myself to, you know, become who who I needed to be and and not focus on what everybody else wanted me to be. So you were just so frustrated, you just couldn't take that life anymore, and you pain of not doing anything was worse than being in one place. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I think we all hit those moments. By the way, we all see the light, right? We all see moments of of us being who we think we can be. And I, and if there's anything I can, if you look at the chemistry of a transformation, right, one of the last steps of any, any transformation that we make in our lives is taking a step through. And I believe most people have, get a, get themselves in the back of a wall or they get themselves where they can see the light on the other side. But then right before they're about to step, fear paralyzes them. And if there's anything of being an entrepreneur, it's that you can't allow fear to paralyze you. Now, you're never going to get rid of fear. You just got to learn how to dance with it. So what is the fear that you have? What are your dance steps? So how do you use your dance steps to to foster and fuel you versus to paralyze you? I love that. My first interview ever was with Ted Rubin, and his famous line is, uh, you have to learn to dance in the rain. And uh, it kind of popped in my head when you were talking about that. But Adam... I want to jump into our first topic uh, right away. If you could teach everyone in our audience just one thing, something that you feel has been the biggest contributor to successes so far, what would that be? Clearly for me, it's setting a model, right? And so my model, and I mean in in every aspect of your life, so I I follow a disciplined model uh, starting every single day. So every morning I start off anywhere between 3.45 and 4.45 in the morning. I get up. I first thing I do is I meditate. Uh, for 20 minutes, I'm big in the transcendental meditation, so I meditate for 20 minutes, and then I get right into a series of journaling. I journal. I have an affirmations slash gratitude journal. So, and here's the cool thing, Simon. When I'm journaling in this, I use Evernote. People ask that a lot. It's just very simple, and I can travel with it. And I, um, I prefer to type versus handwrite. Some people found that's more therapeutic to write. But when you're when you're doing your grateful things, find like the simple things. I'm grateful for the sunrise. I'm grateful for the wind on my face. It really helps ground you and, and makes you appreciate the things, the simple things that are there. So I just get into this rhythm of all the things that I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my kids. I'm grateful for this food. And then I go into, I have three kids. And so I have a journal for each one of my kids. And what this, what this does is it makes it, and this will all tie back to your question. It makes it so that it's that I struggle sometimes being present with my family and because uh, I'm, I'm occupied with sometimes my thoughts on businesses and other things that I'm doing. So when I know that each day I need to find something that they, they did or said or acted the day before that I can journal about, it makes me be more present in the moment that I'm with them to find that activity that I can journal about. So again, it's a model of forcing me to stay in connection with them. So I journal about, and I add pictures to all this stuff too. So now, and I've been doing this for, you know, my oldest is five years. So now they have a five-year collection of their entire life. And and this is neat. And then I have a a gratitude journal for my wife, which is the, at the end of the year, it's a 365 things that I'm grateful for, for her. There's some times that it's, it's hard to, to find some things that I'm grateful for, but I always force myself to, to get something in there in, in writing. And then I do a journal just about my life, the good, the bad, the ugly. It's a, it's a very therapeutic. It gets it out there. What I'm working on, what I'm excited about, what I struggle with and just get it out there. That way when I'm done this, and this is before the majority of my family gets up, 
And, uh, and when I'm done, I'm able to start my day refreshed, energized and with clarity. And so then, then, and then I get into bursts, right? So then from there, it's, I, I, I jump into a, a three hour burst in the morning and then I have a block from 1130 to two, uh, Monday through Thursday that is completely blocked off. That's when I go back to the gym for a second round. Um, I come back again and I meditate for 20 minutes before anything else starts up. And then I eat some purpose on what I eat for my lunch. And then I get into another burst of, of work and rounds until about four 30. And then at that point I'm done. And now when I go home, it doesn't mean that I'm not working on my business or thinking about my business or if I'm training for something, you're constantly always thinking about it. And I think the best thinking you can do is when you're not necessarily in the office. So, um, but from a structured environment, you know, I work between 30 and 35 hours a week. And the, so the number one thing that I can teach anybody that is to, what is your model? Most look, Time is not the cheat. We all have 24 hours in a day. So why are some people more successful? It's because how productive they are with their time. So if you can focus on being the most productive, not just active, but productive with your time to get things done, you accomplish way more than you ever think you can. Okay, so you mentioned that you uh, meditate a few times a day. You have few journals. How many uh, journals do you have? So I have five different journals. Five, and do you write to them every day or every every day? That's insane. I know it, it, it really is every day. It's it's just I just I don't cheat myself. Do you ever go back and look what you wrote before as well, or you know it's interesting. I I do um, usually in the big moments, not 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 nearly as frequently as you would think. Um, but I you know on like New Year's Eve or on Christmas or on my birthdays like big things like that I'll go back and I'll go back four or five years and say well you know what I'm looking for is the language that I was using then to tell how my thinking was and so and when where did I come today and how did I improve but really what this does is a barometer to make sure that I go out there and grow every single day so Adam uh, people love to hear about numbers uh, tell me what are some numbers you can share with the audience uh, revenues uh, for your company so uh, last year we did a little over 500 million. Now it sounds like a very sexy number, but we're in real estate. So a lot of the projects or the buildings or the facilities that we sell are large. We had a you know, $20, $30 million facility um, that was built and, and sold. Um, we maintain about a 10% profit margin. Um, after paying all um, salaries and expenses to executives as well too, so you can you can do that math. Um, and so we're uh, you know we're we're continuing. We take a lot of money that that we have and invest it back into our projects and uh, and into people. I think people are your biggest asset that you're going to have. And one of the reasons why we created um, our BlackRock organization is purely for the wealth community. The wealth accumulation part of it is where we can take our money and invest it back into real estate, which is a safe um, slow build of wealth accumulation for us and for uh, our employees as well too. Well, uh, six year not five hundred million dollars is a lot of uh, money, Adam, and you know that uh, we have a lot of uh, business people who want to grow their businesses, uh, organizations, uh, and companies. Uh, what have been some of the most effective strategies uh, you've uh, you've pursued it uh, past few years or even today that really helps you grow your company? You know, you got to have hunger. Right. I mean, I think what separates people in this world is hunger. It's, you know, most people can, can do a job, but if you have hunger to get something done, you will always find a way to do it. And so and I think it starts with the, the entrepreneurial spirit that's inside us all. 
And if we can figure out a way so that we tap into that hunger and drive every single day, we lead by example for everyone else around us to tap into the same thing. And let me, and I'll bring an example of it. it doesn't necessarily have to be in business. It just has to be showing people that you're willing to do things that most people won't. So for instance, one of the reasons why I'm training for, you know, I have three Ironman set up and I've never done an Ironman or even a triathlon before in my life when I signed up for these was to go out there and show people that, Hey, I'm willing to go out there and get up super early and ride a bike for five hours on a stationary thing on Fridays and, and make things happen to show people that what the results you can happen when you dedicate your focus to it. And that's part of the things that leaders do is showing people that with dedication and, and hunger, you can go out there and accomplish the things that you want. And hopefully that breeds and leaks down into every other aspect of your life into the people that are around you to go out there and take actions as well. So if you can find hunger within yourself that allows you to lead other people, I think that's, that's where you got to start. Because if you don't have that, look, shit, stuff's going to hit the fan, right? It's, it's in, 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 there's always these moments they're with you where it's, you know, we're effed and it's over, right? And every entrepreneur has those throughout their life. And I think the key is that how do you mentally prepare yourself so when these moments happen, you can actually push yourself through theirs? Because look, 99 out of 99, you know, you can have a lot of days that are just that are fine. Um, but then all of a sudden you get hit with these moments. And if you're not mentally prepared for these things, and you don't have that hunger and passion for it, you're not going to push through them. I'm reminded of Steve Jobs' speech. Uh, I, th I think it was Stanford, Stanford University where he said, stay hungry and uh, stay uh, foolish. Uh, I get it's easy to stay hungry when times are easy, but Adam, how do you stay hungry when times are hard? <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I think that's, you know, it's, it's great that you say that and bring that to your audience because the reality is, is anybody can lead when things are going great, right? And everyone looks like a hero. It's when things start going sideways, how do you maintain your calm? And, and really the reason why when you ask the question, what was the most important thing you can do is because if you have your exit moments, right, your ability to stay focused, which for me is the meditation, the exercise and the journaling, I'm preparing my mind every day to be prepared for these things. I understand that problems are a sign of life and they're actually our greatest gifts that we have. Problems are our greatest gifts. And so that when we, when problems show up, I, we embrace these. Like I believe that we're all spiritual being having a minor physical experience and therefore all the experiences that we have in our life, either physical uh, or positive or negative, are all designed to shape who we become. So if we embrace that concept and realize that the experiences sometimes when they're not as favorable as we want them to actually guide us in the exact direction that we need to go. We just have to embrace it and be able to see beyond that. Yeah, I think you mentioned so many important points. Uh, thanks for that, Adam. Uh, in the pre-interview, I asked you if you have a good story for us, uh, an unforgettable entrepreneurial story. You've been an entrepreneur for a long time. So, Adam, could you please share the most unforgettable entrepreneurial story with the audience? <laughs> sure, I, I love to. Well, we had uh, when we first started our, uh, and, and this is a uh, kind of overcoming challenges, right? When we had, uh, when we when we started our, our BlackRock Construction Division, we grew fast and we started hiring uh, a couple of senior project managers. And I kind of took my eye off the ball, thinking everything was going wrong. And in construction, you don't things don't really catch up to you 
until you get towards the later half of a build and a cycle. Well, we had the senior project manager who literally was in charge of uh, multi-millions of dollars uh, of not just projects, but of income that's coming into us. And we, uh, we went through an audit with our financial, uh, with our CFO. And I remember the day that he came in and said, you know how we're supposed to make a couple of million dollars off these deals where actually it's the complete opposite. And all of a sudden, it was no longer making money. It was going backwards for money. Of we were actually going to be taking huge losses on these. And it was in a month where um, this was a few years ago, where you know that was a that's a big hit to anybody. Uh, and it was a, it was certainly a, a big hit to us as well too. And so it's like so how do you first of all the, the entire team was demoralized because everyone started seeing that we quickly had to let the guy go he ended up finding out that he was actually like a pathological liar he was, he was it was it was a, it was literally a whole stream of things everything he said but it was one spiral after another and so and then when that happened the tire in my other company started feeling this because the negativity from them bred to everybody else. So there was like this 30 day moment where it was lit. I questioned myself every day of who I was as a leader, how I was able to handle this. Was I even capable of doing any of this? Did I just, was I, was I hubris at any point in time? What did I miss? So I really started doubting myself. And so then I realized that like, Hey, you know what? I've got to be able to pull myself out of this and pull our team out of it. So I changed my thinking around. And the reason why I believe this unforgettable moment is because I realized that we're all going to have our own tornadoes. And that was a tornado that I had. And if you read any autobiography of successful people or listen to your podcast, successful entrepreneurs, they all have those tornado moments and they're going to be different for everybody. Mine just happened to me in this case, but how you guide yourself through these and how you are able to leave in a positive emotional wake from the event and rally your team to be stronger on the other side, that is going to be the most, most memorable moment that you can have because that's when you, you wake up and realize that you can actually lead. I think uh, there's so many uh, takeaways uh, from the story, Adam. But what is uh, if if you look back to this uh, this instance uh, 20 years from now, uh, what is the most important thing uh, thing you learned? You mentioned a few, but what do you think that that would be? Yeah, well, inspect what you expect, and don't get don't get lazy on look emotion. So what I, here's here's what I what I, what I can tell you that I learned from this. Most people rely on emotional conversations to guide their business instead of focusing on the numeric ones. And so if we all as entrepreneurs can teach this to our leadership team and our leadership staff, that it's we need to move away from emotional leadership into numeric ones, which pushes us. So when we say some things are good, that can mean a whole bunch of different things to you and me. But when we say eight, we know exactly what eight is. So instead of allowing that to guide the conversation, allow the numbers to tell the story, and that becomes your accountability tool. Instead of sitting down with somebody and saying, oh, it's going great, this is going this, and listening. And, and problem is I got caught up in it. I actually believed them and said, well, things are going to go. And so by the time I realized that it wasn't, it was too late. And versus if I just been looking at numbers the entire time, the numbers would have painted a different story from what somebody was leading on to me. So I could have had more accountability of conversations to ensure that what we're doing. And by the way, that still shows up in my life today. I still get lazy on certain things. And then when I, and, and hopefully I just recognize it faster, things are going good. So I start, and then I find myself, I'm like, Adam, man, you've got to look at this stuff. You've got to put a system in there. So then I'll force somebody to come in there and say, all right, you've got to sit down with me and go over these numbers. For me, I'm, 
I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I was a, I graduated with a finance degree, but I don't love sitting down and pouring over numbers for a couple hours like my CFOs do, right? I mean, I have three different CFOs and they love pouring through numbers and holding that. I, w- I do much better when I bring everybody in. So I know that. So I've set up a model and a system to ensure that I'm constantly going over these numbers to allow that to tell the story, not listening to an emotional one. Adam, it's been a pleasure talking uh, with you. And uh, we covered a lot of different things uh, in this interview. If you could leave the audience with uh, just one uh, final takeaway, uh, what would that be? Well, I think people can never give up. I think most people are only capable – most people only assume that they're capable of about 40% of, of where they're actually at, meaning that people only do about 40% of what they can – what they're capable of, and there's still 60% remaining. So when you're going out there and you're starting – an organization, you're starting to be an entrepreneur, you've got to realize that you've got to put yourself into a structure that allows you to find yourself to understand what you're actually capable of. And you have to think bigger. And what I mean about thinking bigger is the quality of your life is determined by the quality of questions you ask, Simon. So you have to plant bigger and better questions in your life to get you to think bigger. And the bigger the questions that you ask, which take no more energy than asking a small question, the bigger the answers are going to show up in your life. And so when you want to go out and do something, always think bigger of what you're going to do and never give up to that point because you're, you're much closer than you think you are. And if you stay with it long enough, something will break and all of a sudden you're going to hit your geometric curve. Sometimes that takes five to seven years to get there, but when you hit your geometric curve, it's worth it. And the final thing that I'll tell people is that, look, you've heard this before, but the journey is really where fulfillment is found. The journey is ultimately where you're going to find the most fulfillment, and the journey has got to be filled with challenges and resistance. If it's not and if it's too easy, then you're not pushing yourself hard enough to go out there and really test who you can become as a human being. Let's end on that note. Adam, thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Decoded. For killer resources and free content, Go to entrepreneurdecoded.com.